In today's episode, we're going to cover um, some of Rose's biggest tips and advice for starting a innkeeping business and uh, hopefully making it a successful one. Right. <laughs> All right. So you ready? Ready to get going? I am. Okay. So what would you say is your first or your biggest piece of advice for yeah. getting started? So, um, <clears throat> so we recognized what kind of character someone should be. But what we didn't recognize is their lifestyle. Because mm-hmm. you, you have a house or a place to live now. You have a job. And you're going to switch. And how much space do you need for you? And how big do you want to own? How many units do you want to rent out? And, and that will change your lifestyle. So if you're a person who may be young, not a lot of money, you might want to go small and not very popular, um, or even a, a property that has never been a and b and stick to small numbers and do it yourself and slowly build like I did. Uh, if you're a retired person and you're thinking, ah, I've always wanted to do this and I've got this bank of money and, and, and I want to do it full time, I want to go all the way, and I don't need much space, maybe I'm just by myself, then then the proportion of your living space is different compared to the space that you are renting out rooms. Right. So um, knowing what you need, you know, do you have a family? Is you have a partner? You're by yourself. How much space do you need? How much privacy do you need? What kind of place do you want to create? Do you want to buy one that's already created? That's actually the cheapest way Mm. Um, because you get up, you're running, it's turnkey. Yeah. Um, Doing it the slow way can feel just like that. (laughs) I am slowly getting to my income. (laughs) Uh, How much do you need to earn? Because we have living expenses as individuals, whether you're an innkeeper or something else, like you have medical expenses, you have animals, you don't, you know, what is that? So you have to get a really real number about what you need and how much is that going to cost. And then, um, and so that lifestyle is important. Where where you market it, where you go to, that's like one of the last things. Go right. picking picking it out. You know, going to get the wedding dress after you got the guy after you <laughs> da, 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 and you're sure this is what you really want. So the lifestyle piece is very important to carve out your your boundaries right. and be very clear about them. Um, I think that is so important. And then, can you afford that now? That that's the second part. Yeah. Um, you might not get past that part. And um, how do you know that stuff? It's a it's a recognition of what you need and want, and um, so. I didn't do any of that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I learned (laughs) what people should be doing. Uh, Um, I got lucky in a way. I I started as um, 34 and I owned a house that was a B&B that was shut down for a year. So it was kind of like buying a place that wasn't one but was one. This I, house was yep. a B&B before you? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. This house, um, the main inn, has been taking care of people since 
1930 something. Wow. Maybe, er, no, earlier than that. 28, 1928. There it is. That's cool. Yeah. It was a, a, a guest house, they called it then. Um, and people would rent rooms out and she did it three of them and it was a family it was a grandmother and she had um, kids and grandkids and yeah and that's how it started so cool yeah I didn't know that Um, yeah so that's why this house is wonderful in that it had been taking care of people so it was sort of already fitted dynamically like where the living room was where the dining room was and where the rooms were and then it slowly got altered um uh yeah and then I altered it that many more times too Mm -hmm. so yeah so figuring out what you needed I didn't do that I I was when I moved in um my husband at the time and I and my first daughter were sleeping in the same room sharing one bathroom oh bingo we, <laughs> we thought the the kitchen and the back room were our space which we decided it would be but yeah. it's really hard to keep your guests out of the kitchen <laughs> so we actually had a bathroom a bedroom and a very small living space mm-hmm. um but we were young and we wanted to start something so i was really flexible he was less flexible about privacy yeah yeah so you have to be really careful with that and that caused problems yeah. So you, you want to be careful about your partner, your family, whether they can really do this and how much space they really need. Yeah. And is the whole family going to be running it or is it just you? You know, how much of that space? Is there going to be a second income? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that that is one of the major things that you should settle very quickly. <laughs> Write down the things that your property absolutely needs. Yeah. And then go forward. The must-haves. Right. Um in keeping you've said before but it's like it's it's a job and a lifestyle yeah and so the choices that you make have to be able to mesh well with both right 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 it it some people um some business owners i've heard they carved out their life this is my life. Mm-hmm. And then they added the business to the outside of it. And mm-hmm. if it didn't fit, it didn't fit. Yeah. Um, that's a very happy person I met that told me that. I was like, oh, I probably should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. Yeah. You know, you live and learn. Yeah. But at least having that conversation, if you have a partner or with yourself or with your friends, mm-hmm. you know, do you like to bring people into your house that are your friends while you're trying to run an inn and how do you marry guests coming and going during the day and your friends coming in and sitting down with you for a dinner and it's the same dining room that they're eating breakfast in the next day and they're passing through you know what what kind of inn are you running Mm -hmm. so yeah it's an important piece yeah but I kind of I'm I don't need a lot and so it was. It it didn't matter as much, but I, I, I'm not a normal person. I don't think. I really don't. I think. What's I think, normal, anyways? Yeah, really. It's it's really how much I want to do something as opposed to you know, am I comfortable doing this? Yeah. Um, some people can't just be comfortable doing anything. So um, it's like 
it's important to make like a personal inventory, right? Yeah. Like inside, mm-hmm. what are the things that you are wanting and how does it work with your lifestyle? And then also on the ex- on the external like finances and, right. and stuff like that. So there's a lot to look at yes. in the first steps of right. starting a business or in keeping business or right. whatever it is. So how would you suggest that people go about... Um, getting like education or support yeah in this in this process so there's um uh lodging uh professional associations that have annual or biennial um meetings Mm -hmm. and then they have district meetings as well i think that's a great place to stay of course i did it differently Uh, (laughs) i waited till like 18 years into the business and i went to my first one and was like i came back and i was blown away (laughs) i had this laundry list of things that i could have been doing and this whole time yeah this whole time (laughs) live and learn um but of course i made it to that point through um probably more about just pushing through mm-hmm. and figuring it out as I went along, it would have been huge to have known those things. Yeah. Um, though I had an advantage too, in that I had all this experience with working with people and I dealt with stuff right, very detail oriented. And I wasn't distracted by, oh, you should do this and this, you know. I so I then had this great, oh, that would make a huge difference. Like, I knew it would work when I heard mm-hmm. it. Um, That's but an I still, interesting point. I know. Yeah. So, so I really think that you should go to those meetings. Um, <laughs> they're not going to tell you about how to carve out your space mm-hmm. and make sure your boundaries are set and you need a bedroom for you and your partner and one for your children and a space to watch and have family time and your own kitchen. You know, it's not gonna, they're not gonna tell you that stuff. Mm-hmm. The conferences, not only are the speakers really helpful in giving you ideas and experiences that they've had, and, and they're doing statistics over the country. So they're giving you broad information. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned as much from them and the talks as I did to the innkeepers sitting next to me because little cells of conversations would start. Do you know this guy? No, I don't know this guy. Yeah. He owns a da-da-da-da-da in Missouri, and he's da-da-da-da. And they're going off, and they're telling me how relevant to his talk is to their in, mm-hmm. and they've heard them talk. Well, his information is only really relevant for a small one or a right. large one. Um, or I do this, or I do that. I don't have a big one, but I do this. And... And it, their information was just as valuable. So meeting innkeepers and talking to them and asking those hard questions. Here you are going, I've carved up my space, my boundaries. What kind of personal space do you have in your inn? Oh, uh, <laughs> you'll hear those stories. Um, most people don't give them enough space, give themselves enough space. Um, so that's really important. The other thing at the conferences that that you can learn is finding a consultant, Mm -hmm. someone just for you. And I want you to, I want um, our listeners to um, know who they're speaking with and to understand where they're coming from. There are um, brokers who sell ins 
and they have the largest um, audience to do an inspiring innkeepers conference and they'll charge you a good amount of money to mm -hmm. sit and learn about how to be an innkeeper some of them have been innkeepers and some of them haven't but when they're longer a broker than they're an innkeeper they haven't been innkeeping they're not current right they're, they're more just there to they're, sell they're selling their ends yeah um about a broker there are a number of brokers some of them have, are individuals and some of them are part of companies and their job is to sell the ins that they represent right that's their only job really and they're using this as a an attractant like corn to deer when they're hunting you know <laughs> you're baiting you and but they're charging you right, right yeah so their information may not be current because they haven't been an innkeeper for how long and they're selling you an in and i and i'm telling you you don't want to buy an in till you know what you're dealing with first mm -hmm. cuz it is a very expensive prospect yeah we're talking about like it could be a million dollars it could be 6 million dollars you're not going to make that purchase until you know what you're doing first right. <laughs> um so consultants brokers are not your best consultants brokers are a um, group of people that are going to sell you something and you can deal with them later when you've gone through your education more um, brokers don't sell other brokers houses either they only sell their own so they're going to say ah let me help you find one they have a list <laughs> let me find them on my list <laughs> so other brokers um, have will be trying to sell you a consulting um, business or class and they're not going to um, give you the other brokers stuff so right. another part of this is um, there are a lot of innkeepers that will put their own places up for sale and no broker will show you will show your in no broker why it, is that because they're not going to get a, a big commission from it oh. the 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 person that's going to try to sell it themselves, they'll tell them in those classes <laughs> not to go to someone like that um, because you need someone to help you. Well, it's like a realtor, mm -hmm. you know, it depends on what you really need. Right. Um, and the commission, the commission you pay on a million dollar property is huge. So think about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, pay your consultant 5000 to talk to you pay your consultant another 5000 to travel around with you and that's 10000 uh you're on a million dollar property at 4%, 6%, 8%. That's huge. Yeah. So I suggest going to a consultant that is not a broker and that has a lot of experience and is currently ex um is respected in the industry yeah. as a good innkeeper those are the ones that are on the forefront of the information are marketing wise they you can tell when you look at a website you can tell if they're in is current a lot of people um, will go to a place like that and go why are you selling it's perfect well <laughs> that's why you buy it now <laughs> because it's current yeah you know so that, that saves you a lot of money buying one that is well-known. How do you find, how do you go about finding like a private consultant? Yeah. So that, that's harder. 
I mean, you can Google a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, at those conferences, and I trust the photographers over all of them <laughs> um, because they're taking photos and trying to make an inn beautiful for someone. Mm-hmm. So those paid photographers are very expensive. Like they can be like 5000 6000 7000 a day. Wow. How many photos can you take and stage, which they stage, um, and how beautiful are their photos? So you go to the photographers and you say, who in your list in the state of blah, blah, blah is currently running an up-to-date, successful business? Mm-hmm. They, they'll they have a very short list for you. <laughs> and... Um, and whether that person or people are selling their in is almost irrelevant. When you run a business every day, your business is for sale, whether you're consciously trying to sell it or not. Mm. You're in business, and yeah. business is money, and money is, oh, I never thought about selling my in now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that is, I would go to the photographers. There, um, Yeah. Is there any... Um, national like innkeeping associations or anything like yes. that yeah there's one um alp i think is one of them but you, that's easy to google yeah um and they have like i said annual conferences i um am a current um advanced innkeeper 30 years of experience and finding someone like myself or hiring me is a good suggestion Mm -hmm. and if it's not in the state that you want to be in many of us would know who's being wildly uh, successful in other states yeah um so yeah okay and then what's the um conference called so that people can take a look yeah so the alp just um, announced their conference recently okay so it is alp ALP, okay. yeah, Association of Lodging Partners, I think is the name of it. Okay. And there's there's a couple of them. One of them used to be called PAI, P-A-I-I. I don't know if they're still in existence because some of them started gobbling up other mm, ones. Yeah. Um, innkeeping um, lost a lot of members. A lot of inns have fallen to the side because they didn't stay current and they couldn't compete with all those. Airbnb, VRBO. VRBO, yeah. yep. And so the ones that are left they're the they're the they're the cream of the crop because right. they made it through the hardest part that's a good point yeah <laughs> um is there any other resources that you could suggest for people listening hmm. Hmm. i mean google's always a resource it's just that do you know what you're looking for yeah. so um even if it's a short period of time have someone help you with that um it it will pay hugely you can buy a five thousand dollar (laughs) sofa so you better be able to afford that Mm -hmm. um it will save you money it will keep you from making mistakes getting a consultant will yes it'll save you huge amount of money and so do photographers too i highly recommend good photography (laughs) but that's how to go on that's a one of our topics right that'll be covered in the next episode (laughs) or maybe even in this one when you're doing that yeah okay cool so um, let's talk about finances, like yeah. the beginning stages of looking at your finances right? Um, and where you go with that. Right. So we mentioned it in lifestyle. Right. Um, how much money do you need to make? Because you have expenses in your life right now. Some of them are going to be replaced. Like 
maybe presently you have a job and a home. So you're going to sell your home and you're going to buy your job. So then your home and your job are the same thing. All in one package. All in one package. (laughs) And then um, when you make that jump, um, sometimes if it's turnkey, you don't have to invest in rugs and furniture and paint and repair. And you'll want to make changes. But if you have a successful business that you've purchased, um, you want to run it for a year. So there's normal expenses that they've shared with you that, you will need to spend Mm -hmm. um and and then you have an amount of money that you know that you will make from that in it's just the numbers yeah so after that um then then you got to decide it's not exactly what we wanted we ran it for a year and then you start calculating how much will it be if i tried to turn it like a little more towards what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to cost money. Uh, I Okay, I didn't do it this way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sold my townhouse. I bought this main house. I was very close to n- not having any money when I opened it. Um, it had been an inn, but it had been quiet, so it was new. And... Um, <laughs> And we ate a lot of potatoes and eggs the first year. Uh, it was it was a, an adventure, but like I said, I'm flexible, so I didn't really need a lot. Right. Um, you can live a long time on one set of clothes, <laughs> but um, if you if that's not what you want to do, if that's not who you are, then you need to think about this a little better. But um, what's going to change is the person you're buying it from their mortgage is going to be very low and their cost to that overhead is going to be low and yours are going to be expanded because you're buying a successful business Mm -hmm. so that mortgage payment and that insurance is going to cost you a lot and so trying not to go buy all the content is really helpful if it if it's up to date and it's not worn down you're you're in gold then you're just turning it around yeah so and you're suggesting if somebody's buying an already functioning in mm-hmm. to kind of hold off on making all the nitpicky changes mm-hmm. that you want and right. just run it for a little while and run then- it not only for a little while but run it the way it was being run. Yeah. Don't change what works right. until you understand how things work. Yeah. Yeah. And then go into making right. the more like nitpicky things changes. that you've learned about your market that the owner got tired and was in the business too long and was missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're a different person. So you, you want it to fit you. But the closer you buy towards you, mm-hmm. uh, who you really are, the you're not going to outgrow your in. Um, and buying potential is important. They can't really charge you for potential in the price of an inn, mm-hmm. but if the place has the ability to expand and you don't know if you want to, you should probably like look around as one of your criteria yeah. that it has the ability to expand. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So another part of the finances is um, the number of rooms that you have. So... Uh, each room has associated in the price the cost of overhead. And overhead is defined as cost that is, is happening every day, whether you have a guest or not. 
So your mortgage, your insurance, part of your gas and electric, your internet access, all of those things that you pay, whether you have a person in your house or not. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it's $150 a day and you have one room. Well, that room's going to have to make $150 a day or makes more some days than less, but the average has to be 150 just to pay your bills, right. just to make it. That's not feeding yourself. You can add that in. You could add your entire lifestyle into that as overhead because that truly is a cost, not to the business, but a cost that you have to cover with this business if right. that's the only income. Yeah. So the more rooms you have, the less overhead per room. So when you're full you are making the most you possibly can right paying your overhead yeah. right sometimes you're accepting some people for much less last minute got to get those people got to fill that room that'll at least cover my overhead and then the rest of it is still profit left mm-hmm. over so um the number of rooms becomes funny because if we don't do the calculation prior and we don't have enough rooms then we're giving up our private space, renting it out because we need another room to cover that overhead better. Gotcha. So that's why doing the math ahead, understanding your overhead and knowing that your mortgage is going to be more than the owner that you bought it from if it's an existing one. Right. Um, if you buy a house, all you know is the electric. You understand the mortgage but you don't know how much it's going to cost to turn that house into an inn. And that will be your overhead. Um, Understanding the taxes. So you can um, depreciate all the contents, like this table and these chairs we're sitting in. This is depreciated. It can be depreciated over a year or five years. Your accountant. You want to explain what that means? Oh, depreciation. Okay. So I bought this table for a thousand bucks, right? And if I want to depreciate it in one year on my taxes, I get to counterbalance the income with the purchase of this table. Okay. So let's say I'm looking at a hundred thousand. Well, now I'm looking at ninety nine thousand. And I'm not paying taxes. So when I purchase this table for a thousand, oh, it's a business expense. Exactly. Oh, okay. But you depreciate um, okay. um, things that are not food or right. yeah. something that is just by the day. Mm-hmm. And so when I bought this house, we totally decorated and filled it with furniture. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of money to put towards the business. And we weren't making very much income in right. the beginning. So we depreciated the furniture. So every dollar I spent on this table, 30% of it came back to me because I didn't pay the taxes on how much this table cost. Right. So okay. 30-ish, 35. Yeah. Gosh, the taxes are changing all the time. Yeah. So one of the things that you should probably do is talk to an accountant. Um, you know, yeah. look at, look at the accountant, the accountant's going to tell you much better than a broker or even a consultant, a good consultant who's not an accountant would also tell you to do that too. Yeah. So, um, so the, the finances and the number of rooms, your overhead after you buy this new one or an existing one, the inn is 
um, the expenses, those things have to be covered and you cannot bury yourself or you'll start giving up your private space, you'll <laughs> flounder, the repairs won't be done on time, and you need to always make your place not look worn down. Mm. You, you want it to look fresh. Right, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about location. Location. So, um, so when you purchase a place, there are federal laws about running these businesses, and then there's state laws. And then there's county and town and village. So all these laws. So I bought in a village. So I have the most laws applying to my inn as possible. (laughs) I am in in New York. New York is um, more of a state that um, looks around and wants to make sure that what you're saying you want to do fits the community and what they decided to do. So there's... um, there's zoning and codes mm-hmm. and all kinds of rules you have to follow. So before you choose a place or you go out looking for a place you really like, you want to make sure that that state, that county, that town, um, that village um, isn't going to restrict you and make it so you can't actually run the place you, you've decided to create. Right run or expand right right that can provide right so if laws. you if you buy a place that's always already has met its its limit mm-hmm. you can get things like variances those are words that describe um, making an exemption for you okay. they're difficult to do and they can take them away yeah. and you don't want to build a business on a shaky ground you want it to be I got my business, I can expand to this much more, I know what I have to do, and you need to know the rules. Yeah. And um, there are a couple other things with location that are good to consider, like attractions. Yes, that's that's huge. Yeah. Huge. So what you're talking about is um, how many things will bring someone in to stay at your inn? Mm -hmm. So colleges are big. They're almost year-round. Um, so that's a really nice market to have in your back pocket. I am um, 15, 20 minutes from Cornell and Ithaca College. Um, that's too far. I didn't know about marketing at all. <laughs> <laughs> Though I did buy a successful business yeah. at one point, so I guess I, I bought well not knowing. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but they do support me in in small ways, but not every way. Like if I'm downtown Ithaca, yeah. where Cornell's located, mm-hmm. um, uh, waterfalls are one of mine. Big deep lakes, wineries, breweries, parks, parks. The state parks around here were completely surrounded by how many state parks? Like six, seven state parks, and they all are centered around waterfalls. Mm-hmm. There are 150 waterfalls in our county. Wow. It's huge, right? I didn't know right? that. <laughs> and wineries. I knew there were a lot, but I didn't know there were that So many. I located myself not knowing again between the two largest lakes of the Finger Lakes. The Finger <laughs> Lakes. <laughs> wow. Good job, Rose. I truly was guided. <laughs> I fell in and they were like, <laughs> over here, Rose. Um, I had young children. Right? So my daughter was two and a half. I wasn't thinking about schools. The school's in my backyard. <laughs> I didn't have to drive. I didn't have to have an extra car. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, the, your friends want to come over and visit? Sure. Just bring them over when you come home, right? <laughs> oh, you have to go to school. Go ahead. Go, 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 go. Right. Um, beautiful. You know, all by accident. But I'm saying that that doesn't happen. There are so many holes you can fall into. And you and I got lucky. You, you don't want to spend this much money. Okay. I'm going to tell you I spent $150,000 on this house. It's probably worth, well, I don't even know. I don't even know anymore because the numbers are moving so fast. Yeah. But that's nothing. But that was like my whole townhouse. It costs more than my townhouse in Maryland in a very popular area. So, right. um, yeah, you got to be careful about this stuff. So the location, is that what we're still on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I lost myself in the conversation. <laughs> yes. Um, we're talking about location and attractions. Yes. And deciding um, if you want to be the attraction. Yes. So... So there was a period of time in the 30 years that um, it went from, you know, the school, the water, the wine, the beer, the ciders. Um, there's much, much more than that here. Yeah. There's a bountiful of restaurants. We had the most restaurants per capita in the United States, which means... We did? We did. We had more... We had the most number of restaurants um being measured against the amount of money that and on average that people in this area made and that's because we had so many tourists yeah wow right the largest market in Ithaca is not waterfalls and restaurants and wineries it is the schools education yeah um here only 20 miles away it's the wineries and the waterfalls and the state parks and so much more the bounty the the farmers markets the music well, i have again by mistake down the street cooler distance i call it because you can carry a cooler from here to the in front to the um the um state the not the state park fairgrounds. the fairgrounds where the grassroots festival happens right. it was voted one of the top 10 festivals in the united states literally in my backyard Wow, I'm learning so many facts about. I know about the area. Yeah, I did not know about. Yeah, so um, huge marketing, Mm -hmm. huge. And who knew? I didn't know that there were tons of musicians. What I did know, let me tell you about what I did know about my place. So we looked at the house. It was like, well, you know, we're going to be kind of married to the end. They always talk about that in conferences. We didn't go to any conferences, but we knew we were going to be working really hard. And in walking distance was this place that had music, food, and it was a, a bar. But it was like a place that during uh, lunch, dinner, dinner, they didn't have lunch, uh, dinner hour, it was a, more of a family place, but they had music. But then families went away, and then more the adult um, music and more adult drinking and activities can happen in mm-hmm. a place. It was in walking distance. Yeah, that's huge. Right. I didn't know it was a market for the inn. I just recognized it as a Benny to me. <laughs> I didn't have to walk far to listen to great music. That was the Rangovian Embassy of the United States. It's not called that anymore, <laughs> but it it was famous. It had huge groups that weren't popular, but then became popular. Huge, like rock and roll, st- immense wow. stars. Yes, the Rango was. <laughs> 
started by a guy <laughs> who went to Cornell for hospitality. And he started it, and then he sold it, and it went through lots of renditions and got worn down. But now it's Garrett's Brewing. Still music, still beer, and now has music. But in my little village, in walking distance, are great restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. But though, so you you fell here. But like, let's say somebody yes <laughs> is like, okay, I have a couple different places I'm considering going. Right. You're saying see see what the see what the attractions are what is the experience of your guests yeah and who's experiencing these right. things because that also matters to what you're presenting in your in right right so if if young people are going to be attracted to the area and you are <laughs> making your in attracted to another market or age group mm-hmm. you're not going to be as successful they're not going to like it yeah. i always refer to um it's like simple cars, you know. You can sell gremlins. No one's going to buy them, <laughs> right? The Not the gremlins. <laughs> yeah, well, we could come up with the pintos. How about that? Um, they're not going to buy them. Mm-hmm. So you got to sell what people want to buy in that area. So what are they buying? Yeah. And what, it, what, where do you want, how do you want to promote your in? I, my marketing is educated young people that's what my marketing goes towards mm-hmm. and this is a very active area there's there's sports all year around here and young people love this atmosphere yeah. but it was picked because it also attracted um active older people who want to go to young places and feel young mm-hmm. right yeah. then you you just asked me about marketing like how did i experience it I had all these markets, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere in my industry, they decided that I had to be the experience. Mm. Wait, wait, wait. So the room and the breakfast isn't enough. <laughs> Got to go further, right? Because right, I feel like there are some places that are going to have a, a whole lot of attractions. Right. Um, and then there are some places that are the attraction. Yes. Like the, the B&B in itself is kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's this beautiful place on a on a ranch or there's animals or there's something like that so when people are going to decide like i i want to start an inn i feel like that's kind of one of the one of the choices you have to make it's like do i want to be and create the attraction here or am i going to go find a place that already has all the attraction and the markets and movement happening so right and your generation is one of the pushers pushing our market to decide that you don't just want a place to stay. You want an experience. Yep. You want an experience. So having the experience here and outside of the inn is demanded now. Right. I mean, once upon a time, people used to share bathrooms at B&Bs. And <laughs> when I bought, mine were all private. But that was, that was whoa, that's way advanced. Yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing like random listings on, I don't know, Facebook or something for like, a house that has 10 rooms and every room is based off of a, of a um, game. <laughs> or there's a house that's like all pink and it, people just go there just to be in the yeah. space yeah, and to just enjoy it and appreciate it. And then people really reached for a while there. <laughs> yeah. um, haunted houses, they were put on a list and people would just go around and visit all the haunted houses. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. There was a place in New York City that was very popular on Airbnb. 
and they were popular because it was the dirtiest place and they and people wanted to experience what it would be like to stay in a dirty place and i thought okay that's just too much for me <laughs> really haunted yeah. too much no way no way mm-hmm. i wouldn't want to go there so that's that creating what do you want to create mm-hmm. i don't know if the games the games seem like a short-sighted um goal like if if you had to spend a lot of money on that i don't think that would go for too long mm. Yeah, I, I think the money and what you would make and the attraction would wear off pretty fast. So it has to be something um, that's worth expending money on mm-hmm. that you're going to keep it. And so I did. I created the spa, mm, right? And um, and because and then that allows people not to have to, well, ace. They don't have to drive, get a massage at a spa and then go out for their day Mm -hmm. they can get their massage here and they go back to their room they can take a nap if they stay in the one of the two rooms upstairs from the spa they don't even have to get dressed to leave the room they can put their bathrobe back on and go straight up to their room i mean that feels ideal in some ways because people can come here and just simply relax yeah and have everything they need yep so those thoughts or right. they can go out and explore an adventure and there's so many so much to do. So like I that's like the perfect setup maybe. It depends yeah. on I guess who you are and what kind of thing you want to create. Right. But that that seems ideal. Yeah. So. It well in my head it was. Yeah. But I didn't create it for that purpose. Yeah. I created it cuz I was looking at my guests mm. and they were coming they were coming from New York City and they were so tired. And, and when they left, they weren't quite better. Right. And the spa just turns them around like, and all of a sudden they're, they're themselves, they're happy, they're, they're, they're seeing the flowers, you know, they're not like in Mm -hmm. and yeah. Um, when you, so when you created your in, were you creating it like style wise and energy wise were you creating it based off of who you think you're who you thought your customer customers or clients were going to be or were you creating it from an like from just what you liked because I feel like you could create a space just based off of what you like and enjoy right or you could tailor it or attempt to tailor it to who you think is going to be coming and I I don't know what the I guess pros and cons of that right, are but right. what was your what was your uh mentality when you started to like design and create this space right so it's it's all of it yeah so it's hard to run and own something you're not proud of or like mm-hmm. so um but you have to recognize your market so mm-hmm. you can't sell gremlins even though you love them mm-hmm. no one else does you, you know get over it what are you gonna do the style of the inn has changed many times yeah. and it's based on what the guests needed the guests wanted oh. and what i was able to do and how, how was this change going to be positive and make money so going to those conferences you find out colors schemes mm-hmm. um you you find out all kinds of things about your inn and and how to run it and what's trending so is it a short trend or is it a long trend? Mm. I went 
um, Airbnb, I started going for the luxury client. Yeah. Um, cause that made me more stable in the financial world too. So people who are very close and tight budget can come some years and not other years is not helpful. But if the economy goes up and down and there's a, a, a population of people that are not affected by this up and down, then my consistency of, of income was more level. And that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, the spa, people come in the winter. The spa evened out my seasons. I'm in New York. I mean, right. who's going to drive to New York in the winter? Oh, let me tell you, there are a lot of people who will drive to New York in the winter when there's a spa and they can just hang and be at the inn, relaxing, sleeping, taking notes, uh, notes, um, taking naps <laughs> and reading books and watching movies and yeah. just letting go. Mm-hmm. That's what people need in the winter. Yeah. And of course, then they can go out and go ice skating and sledding and, and skiing. skiing and and. And tasting wines and seeing great music. And so all those things are still here. Mm -hmm. And they are so supportive of people coming in the winter. But unless you have something in your space that makes you different than everybody else. So that's the last thing. Yeah. Being different. Yeah. Well, that I was just about to say, what would be your best piece of advice for like yeah. for designing and curating your space once yeah. you've said, okay, I've got, I figured out my financial situation. I right. can afford to do this. I'm looking at this location. These are the attractions that are going to bring people in, and now I'm going to take the time and energy to choose a building and design a space. Right. Um. And you're saying that ideally you want to create something that you love and that is yours and that's unique but also keep in mind who the people are that are coming in naturally for what's already existing in right. the town as far as attractions right right so they're attracting what and that's are they? more stable than going like do you think that's more stable than going the route of like there's a i don't know there's a, a location let's say that doesn't have like a ton of attractions there might be a couple things here and there but you create this like really quirky unique in experience mm-hmm. um do you think that's less stable than like, I, a situation I, that it's a mixed bag of, it really yeah. is um, i i have this example in my head that i always think about um a dude ranch oh yeah <laughs> right so dude ranches for me um riding horses being outside big country that's great right mm-hmm. so that big country is isolated but has a dude ranch has horses it has a way places to stay and if they're even luxurious that's even better i, I i'd like to go to someplace special mm-hmm. and then ride horses and then have a really comfortable bed and space to be in and to be able to view the mountains around right so a dude ranch is kind of like an all-in-one experience, experience in the country in the country yeah okay. it would be it would be an all-in-one but it's vulnerable right so it's not a place that from new york i can go drive to montana right so i need a plane well what are the plane prices doing maybe they change their flights and and they actually don't land now they you know only an hour away or mm-hmm. half an hour away they land three hours away now yeah. from the majority of people mm-hmm. Um, the majority of people live on the East Coast. 
And so those people that suffer the most when the economy is changing and there's less money, if you can drive someplace and not fly, that reduces the cost of a vacation when your belt's a little tighter. Mm -hmm. But if you have to fly like here or to Europe, that's those locations are harder if your audience and your market is the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing is every option, <laughs> every way you go about things has, well, one, it's a risk. Yeah. But also there's reward and mm -hmm. everything has pros and cons. Yes. No matter what you choose yes. to do. Um, and what it sounds like is if your priorities are straight and you're clear in your priorities, then you'll, then you'll be able to see what risks you are willing to take, what yeah. things you're not so much wanting to, to take, what things are um, needed, what things you can kind of be flexible be with. Flexible yep. with. Um, because no matter what you do, choosing mm -hmm. to start a business, choosing to run an inn mm -hmm. is a inherently risky it is. situation. It is. But you're buying and you're investing yeah. in real estate. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget that part. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, then that's the whole other side of it. It's like, what fun is it to, what fun is it to take no risks in life in general why are you even looking at starting a business if you're not willing to take it yeah it's it's part of your personality yeah uh, being self-employed is definitely <laughs> um a different way than nine to five and there right. are many days where i was like god i wish i just had nine to five just nine to five would be really good today but it's not <laughs> yeah. so they're inherently with business it's a risk mm -hmm. there's less risk when you're right. when you're working for someone yeah. but the rewards are less so but when you do that inventory the personal inventory yep. inside outside you choose what risks you're willing, willing to, take. to take yes and an established business talk about less risks mm -hmm. i mean we i we both left our jobs and our home and plopped here <laughs> It felt like that too. And he had a job that wasn't making very much money mm -hmm. to help bring it in. But um, inherently reducing your risk and, and knowing what you, who you are and what you need. And if you check off all those lists, your risks are so much less. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how you should buy a business. I got lucky. Yeah. And re I'm resourceful. And, um, and I went to meetings eventually. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I have a big question for you. Okay. Would I do it again? Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all the advice and suggestions you've given today yes. were based off of things you did not do and learned because of it. Yes. Right. So with everything you've learned and with everything you've been able to, to share with other yes. people in hopes that they don't necessarily make the same mistakes. Would right. you go back and do it again and do it differently with your advice that you're giving? Um, I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> so when I left the National Institutes of Health, I had hired a young man, um, young, really young, um, like 20 years younger than me at mm -hmm. that time. No, not 20, mm, 10. And he he came on board, and he was kind of clueless. He was right out of college. There was no experience working. 
and two years after owning the inn when I left, um, he had my job, <laughs> and and I was struggling. And so that was one of those days where I thought, maybe I made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't regret it. Um, I There are so much that I've learned. I think my life is so full. I have created a space that expresses who I am. Mm-hmm. I've said this a long time ago it expresses who i am i was able to freely express and do as i wished it's probably the most freedom you have in reason to Mm -hmm. your risk acceptance Mm -hmm. it was a huge risk but my dad said to me when i was leaving the maryland and coming up here he goes "Ah, you're 34 if this doesn't work, you have plenty of time to find something else and make it work, Rose. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great decision for you. Aww. Yeah, he was very supportive of me. And he actually helped with a financial end of it, too, like a small loan he mm-hmm. gave me. Um, so he was behind me. And, you know, I where I was, which is third podcast, um, <laughs> where I was, I was unhappy. Yeah. So... Yeah, I I don't regret it, and um, so many beautiful things came from it, like my second daughter, and so many people I have met, and and their influence on my life has been huge, Mm -hmm. and I just think that expressing yourself is part of being a happy person, so do I regret that? No. Yeah. No. I feel like I was really lucky, though. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a different story if it hadn't succeeded. Do you think that there's maybe... Because I'm feeling a bigger piece of advice surrounding this okay. whole... Okay, she's, she's trying to make me say something. This, well, just around, this, around, the, around the whole um, conversation we had today, but would you say there's like one kind of like overarching thing that encompasses everything that we've discussed hmm being yourself Hmm. that that's what I hear and believing in yourself be yourself believe in yourself and follow follow your your dreams dreams. yeah and 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 be it's natural to be fearful and scared to death but do it anyway I mean just do it anyway believe in yourself if you can't believe in yourself then who is going to believe in themselves so that is the perfect way (laughs) to end this podcast you're such a smart young person thank you (laughs) thanks we're in it together yep well together we have our own personal challenges don't we but it It is i mean who if you don't believe in yourself who is Mm -hmm. so yeah that's true yeah well, thank you so much. You're welcome. For sharing all yeah. of your, your knowledge, your yeah. advice. And if, and if people are really interested and want to just talk to me, please, you know, reach out on the feed on the um, podcast. Um, call the in. I'd be happy to talk to you. Maybe we can find out if, if I'm a good fit for you and what you want to do. And mm-hmm. I'd be happy to work with you. I, it's you know 30 years i'd love to pass this information on to people that that really want it and yeah 
Absolutely. All right. And I can say from personal experience that Rose is a wonderful person <laughs> to work with, and you would be uh, very, uh, you'd be very lucky and enjoy your time here. So thank you, I Madeline. <laughs> Well, that concludes episode four of Getting Real with Rose. Yeah. And um, if you don't already, you can follow us on Instagram at Theana Gothic Eves. You can uh, check out our website at gothiceves.com. If you are on YouTube, you can also do it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're on one of those, you can check out our YouTube. So uh, we'll be back with more soon. And thanks for listening.